Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it. Uh, and you can email us also at show at gmail.com. And this is episode number 28. And uh, just another quick Bono's rants here for your Monday. Let's kind of review a few things that happened over the weekend since we had our pod on Friday. You know, a lot of times we record the Friday pod on Wednesday night when Ellen and I are doing that. And sometimes some things kind of get updated even before the pod comes out. And we kind of saw a little bit of that with some of our talk on the uh, sports media stuff and a lot of the announcing stuff. So uh, I'm going to jump in there first. We've seen some updates. Even, like I said, on Friday morning, it was actually announced that ESPN's Monday Night Football announcer Brian Greasy has left ESPN. His contract had ended, and he's actually become the new quarterback's coach for the San Francisco 49ers. So that's uh, a kind of a good deal there for him. And uh, glad to see that Brian Greasy found a, a landing spot and something he agreed he wanted to do. I guess he's got a long um, a long relationship with Kyle Shanahan and going to be on Shanahan's staff there. I think that's really cool. I was listening to a couple things over the weekend, a couple different podcasts, and uh, Andrew Marchand uh, had a big story that came out on Thursday uh, talking about some of the stuff with ESPN, uh, Monday Night Football, and Amazon, and Thursday Night Football, and specifically to do with Kirk Herbstreet. There's a lot of smoke on that fire about what's going to happen and would he possibly be doing Thursday night games. One of the things I heard on the SI Media Sports podcast this past weekend was that Kirk Herbstreet's got a negotiation here where he can still do all of his ESPN things but call Thursday night football for Amazon. So he may be able to double dip here. Uh, that could be a likely scenario, and it could be a likely way for Amazon to move. Um, what we're hearing, and what I heard on that same podcast and was listening on the sports media podcast from the ESI one, um, is the key right now is Joe Buck and what happens there. I guess ESPN is currently negotiating with Fox to get Joe Buck out of the last year of his contract at Fox. It looks like Buck, Buck and Aikman want to be together. They've been together for 20 years in Fox. Uh, they want to stay together. And I guess Joe Buck is looking at possibly pulling away from baseball as well. Um, it's likely he might help out with either Sunday night baseball or Monday night baseball. I'm hearing likely probably Monday night baseball. Um, but then also that Joe Buck would come over, do a little baseball, and do Monday night football. In the end, it looks like it's going to be one of these kind of creative trade kind of things. It may not be... Um, an announcer or a, or a personnel, it looks like it's going to be something like maybe some Big Ten football games that get moved from ESPN's docket to Fox's docket to kind of make up for the money in the in the income there. Uh, that'd be interesting. I'm going to see how that trade how that works out and what kind of deal they make. Um, I thought I was listening to um, Dan, Dan Levitard last week had um, uh, a couple of the guys on and it was interesting to hear what they were talking about on that, and, and just some ideas maybe getting kicked around there at ESPN and Fox. So uh, look for that to kind of, as soon as the Joe Buck thing happens, 
we'll kind of see the dominoes fall from there. Whether that's Joe Buck staying at Fox or Joe Buck moving to ESPN and Fox getting something in return from ESPN. Uh, from there, I do expect that Al Michaels is going to end up at Amazon, uh, whether that be in a booth with Sean Payton or possibly Kirk Herbstreet. Um, I, you know, a, a few days ago, I was thinking that, that Al Michaels was going to end up at ESPN, but it looks like that Buck and Aikman want to stay together. That's a big deal. We've got to keep them together. So got a little update from on uh, Friday's pod on that. What I want to get into real quick, I want to jump into – um, first off, we got a little update on the Major League Baseball lockout. I'm recording this late Sunday night, after 10 o'clock Sunday night. So you'll get this just in a few hours. And we're already seeing that there's been a little bit of um, the sides are talking. The union, the players union, the association has gotten together with the owners reps over the weekend. They met again on Sunday. Uh, the players association did make um, a new proposal and submitted a new proposal. Looks like they're coming together a little bit closer on the um, the luxury tax. I don't think that's going to be something. I think they're going to keep fighting over that for a while. It's like the Players Association was willing to come down a little bit. They've also agreed to take a little bit of a cut on uh, the arbitration pool, which really surprises me they're doing that. But that's where they're going with that so far. So they look at their, the players are willing to work with them. There has been a couple of agreements uh, in theory, these are really on-the-field agreements. So it looks like starting for 2023, uh, the union did agree with the with the owners to implement a pitch clock. Uh, to change the size of the bases, this is going to make a larger base. Uh, this is going to cut down on injuries, it's believed. Um, that sort of thing. You're going in, you know, you have more collisions on a smaller base. Um, also, there's going to be an elimination of the shift. I think this is a player's thing for twofold reasons. I think first, because players obviously want to be able to hit more. They want to be able to have less fielders on one side of the field than the other. But I think also, I think that it gets away from the analytics part of baseball. And I think that getting away from the analytics part of baseball also helps the players in you'll see more of the this player is more clutch. They're more the sort of the undefinables. And I think teams will start paying for some of those undefinables. I think that's really what the Players Association is thinking. So I think getting the owners to agree to that, I think that's going to be the reasoning on that. Um, we'll, we'll see if that remains, but those changes will come in in 2023. Um, it was funny, I saw a little article about it earlier. Then I saw something just kind of messing around on Facebook this evening, and I saw somebody comment, they're ruining baseball. This is just awful. Why do you need bigger bases? We're trying to cut down on injuries. You know, or, you know, they've had the shift since the 1940s. That's not true. The, the shift was invented in 1948. Lou Boudreaux, the Cleveland Indians, invented the shift as a combatant against Ted Williams. But we didn't see the shift after Ted Williams. Until the 2010s, really, it's been the last five or six years that's really come back into play. Now, it's, it's league-wide now. But for anybody who's saying, well, they've had it since the 40s, no. They had it for a few years to combat one player, but then after that, they didn't have it for the next 50 years. So uh, people who are on their high horse about that, you know, I'm, I'm a baseball lover, but I'm not the quote-unquote traditionalist, so... 
uh, the traditional thing to kind of get over themselves a little bit and see what happens here. So, um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how those couple of rule changes come into play. So I'm glad to see that some of the smaller issues to get an agreement. I think it shows where these teams, these two sides are looking at. I say teams, I mean the two sides, the union and the, the owners. So it'll be interesting to see. Some of it, I think a couple of these things are kind of the long game. So we'll see. Um, that's where we're at with that piece. So I'm going to jump in briefly on college basketball. And if you know this, you listen to this podcast enough, you know that I am not the world's best basketball guy. I know enough to be dangerous, and I know more than most average people, but, I mean, I'm a sports geek, so that's just kind of what it is. Um, but we had interesting stuff over the weekend. None of the big uh, top ten teams lost in college basketball this past week uh, outside of Duke losing to North Carolina in Coach K's last game. North Carolina really put it on them on Saturday and uh, spoiled Coach K's last game. I saw a report, this is Saturday morning, that according to Bleacher Report released a thing saying StubHub showed that two tickets had been sold to that game for $76,000. I'll be honest, I'm kind of a, of a snob when it comes to, I like good seats, I like being close to the, to the field or close to the court. I'm, I'm a, lo- a bit, I'm a lot of a snob like that when I go to games, but... I could never see paying $76,000 to go to one game. I, that's a little high. <laughs> so, uh, a little high. That's a lot high. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. But hey, to each their own. Whoever has that kind of money, hats off to you. If you get that kind of money to spend on basketball tickets. So, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do with your money because I don't pocket watch other people. So, uh, but yeah, biggest thing over the weekend was the Duke being upset by Carolina. Um, the latest bracketology that I've seen if we check on Lenardi on ESPN, was as of Friday still, Friday morning, the new bracketology would be out on Monday since there were Sunday games. Uh, that top four was Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Auburn. I expect those four to stay the same. I think we'll see that. I don't think we'll see Kansas or Kentucky pass anybody yet. Duke certainly won't. They were one of the two seeds that were left. Uh, and I don't think Wisconsin's going to pass anybody yet. So if I had to see, I don't know, if I had to see one of them, I think it's going to come down to Baylor and Kansas at the Big 12 tournament this coming weekend. So this coming week, actually. Um, Big 12 tournament will kick off on Wednesday night with just one game. I know people will be saying, really, just the one game? Um, Oklahoma State will not be able to participate. They have a postseason ban this season, so... Only nine teams in, so we'll have the one game Wednesday, uh, West Virginia versus Kansas State, and then we'll have the all-day fun that is Thursday at the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. So um, it's going to come down to, I think this is an important tournament for Kansas and for Baylor. I think whoever wins that tournament, if it's one of those two teams, locks up the number one a number one seed. Uh, if either of them were to go out early, if either were to lose on Thursday, they may need some serious help uh, to secure a number one seed. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So uh, Big 12 tournament, if you're in Kansas City, if you're you know, a person who's local, you get a chance to go. I have think, I think Thursday at the Big 12 tournament is a great time. The power and light is open. The bars are all open. 
Uh, it's a great time to get away, go down there, be with your people. I know the KU fans will be in force down there. Iowa State fans are always in the house. Um, it'll be fun. Get in there, have some fun with it. Um, and if you're down there, don't be a dick to other fans. If you're a KU fan, be cool to other fans. If you're a K-Stater, go, if you get lucky enough and win on Wednesday night, you know, don't be a dick to KU people. Don't, don't, there's nothing solved by doing that. Go down there, have a great time, enjoy college basketball, especially since we didn't have all this last year. We didn't have any of this last year. So let's enjoy it, have fun, go down to the Big 12 tournament if you're in Kansas City. Don't be a dick to other people. Even if you can't get into games, go down to the Power and Light, spend some money, have a good time. Last thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to get into NFL offseason stuff. We're coming up on Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern will be the franchise tag deadline. Uh, purposefully, we did not talk about NFL free agency, the salary caps, anything, uh, trades, cuts, anything on last week's podcast. Didn't want to do it. I wanted to avoid it uh, to, so I could talk a little bit about it tonight. And then what we'll also do is Ellen and I will pick up a little bit more about it on Friday's podcast if there's some more information. So going in right now, kind of give you an idea of where we're at timetable-wise. On Tuesday, which will be the 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern, that is when any team must have their franchise tags in. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of franchise tags. Now, what that is, is if you have a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, you may give them a one-year tag, um, unless they've been done twice already. You may give them the one-year contract, and under that contract, they must be paid the average of the top three at their position. So, and looking at some different ideas, looks like there are four or five people out there that may get franchise tagged. Um, Dalton Schultz, the tight end from the Dallas Cowboys, I expect he might. Um, David Njoku, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Again, looking at tight ends, they're not real high paid. The highest of the high paid aren't, you know, in the $30, $40 million quarterback range. So using your your franchise tag is not a bad deal. Um, Locally, Kansas City, will they franchise tag Orlando Brown? That's going to be interesting. Um, I think they might, just so they can negotiate another contract uh, so that no one else is in the bidding there. Uh, When you do that, you do have exclusive rights to the long-term contract you have till June the 1st, I believe, to work out that deal. Um, If not, you may not negotiate with that player again until after the season. So it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs do if they're going to do if they're going to give a franchise tag to Orlando Brown. Frankly, I think the Chiefs should. Um, you know, the, the the issue is going to be that he is the left tackle, and you're looking at a twenty to twenty five million dollar price tag there when you look at the top three tackles. But I think he's going to get that on the free agent market. So it may be a good deal to just go ahead if if he's the guy you want to keep. I think he's important to their offensive line. And he's important to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think to do the Chiefs, you go ahead and franchise Orlando Brown, and you tell him, we're going to franchise you right now, but that's because we want to keep you for the long haul. Let's get this deal done. And I think a five-year 125 is going to get Orlando Brown done. So I think both sides know that, and I do expect they'll get that in. Um, 
Another one I just saw a report this evening as well. Uh, Chandler Jones from Arizona as a linebacker from Arizona Cardinals, uh, an edge rusher. He's one of those that he can be considered an outside linebacker or a defensive end. And I think that he's being titled as a D end for salary for the uh, franchise tag purposes. And so I don't think the Cardinals are going to franchise him, which will make him a free agent. And I think he'll be a very sought after guy. So, uh, Chandler Jones is one I'm keeping my eye on for Tuesday. And the last one is Devontae Adams. Um, I think Devontae Adams, this is going to be interesting because it ties into the next thing I'm going to talk about as well, <clears throat> is Devontae Adams can be a free agent. The Packers have the right to franchise him. They've got to make him one of the top three, you know, average of the top three players at that position, wide receiver. But I think this all is going to be sort of an Aaron Rodgers thing. If you... Franchise tag Devontae Adams. You got that window till June 1st to negotiate with him, but you've also got to figure out what to do with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that keeping Adams helps the Packers keep Rodgers. And it looks like that's what the Packers want to do. So now will the Packers have, um, you know, I've talked about this in the past, Will they have enough um, gumption or really do they have someone at the top of that pyramid who can say, yes, give the money to Adams. Yes, give the money to Rodgers. If they make a deal with Devontae Adams uh, for a long-term extension, then they're going to want to also extend Rodgers. If they keep Rodgers, they're going to have to extend him. And if they do that, they're going to have to figure out what to do with Jordan Love. He's not going to stay there. So I, I find that whole thing interesting. Um, as we're seeing this now, again, this is Sunday night, supposedly Aaron Rodgers has given no indication to the Packers on what he wants to do, if he wants to stay in Green Bay or if he wants to be traded. The Packers appear to want to keep Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I think, frankly, the Packers go ahead and trade Aaron Rodgers. I think they should trade Aaron Rodgers and then with Devontae Adams, let him go and get draft pick compensation. Take those draft picks you've got. See if you like Jordan Love. And if you like Jordan Love, then you've got a bunch of young players you can use those draft picks for because you're going to get a bounty of a lot of draft picks. Just ask the Denver Broncos. They're ready and waiting for you that you could get for Rodgers. What I really think is going on, though, and, you know, I said that, you know, the, the finances, and I know I listened to a lot of Andrew Brandt on this, have said that it looks like Rodgers will be leaving. But I think the issue here is I think the Packers are worried that Jordan Love's no good. I think they're worried in the one game he played, which was against the Chiefs here in Kansas City, that he didn't look well prepared. He didn't play well at all. And I think the Packers are maybe worried that he may not be a franchise guy. And if he's not a franchise guy, they're going to have to get something for him, and they're going to have to go all in right now with Rodgers and Adams and then whatever else they have to get to make that team the best team they can be for 2022. I think it'd be a lot easier if they could, if Rodgers would say what he wants to do, what his intentions are. And then I think the biggest thing that works against the Packers is just not having that ownership, that strong ownership. Uh, it's the weakest ownership, I think, in American sports. Um, when you just don't have the one owner in the end. You have to have that one guy who can say, yes, it's time to go all in. We can make some of these decisions. They may sting down the road, but we've got to do it now. And this is a situation where 
you know, there's an old saying my father used to tell me, you got to shit or get off the pot. And that's where Rodgers and the Packers are right now. So I think these next few weeks will be very interesting. And the telltale sign in the beginning for this week will be, will Devontae Adams get a franchise tag on Tuesday? So uh, that's all I'm doing on Rodgers this week. I'm not going to get into it all the deeply about what I think he should do or where he's going or anything else. Uh, I've stated my opinion already. But uh, we'll see and we'll know more as he goes forward. So going back to what I was saying earlier about the uh, calendar itself, the first calendar is the is Tuesday, the, the Tuesday, uh, the 8th at 4 p.m. We'll see what happens there. Free agency will then start on the 16th of March. Uh, the NFL just had their annual combine in Indianapolis. Uh, looks like the biggest stories we've seen there are uh, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. A lot of talk about his hand size. Um, I just don't really understand why these people would do these things with the, the hand size and why they're worried about that number. Uh, his hand size was one quarter or one half an inch smaller than Joe Burrow's. Um, it was about equal with like, with like Steve Young and a few others. I, I think I heard it really well put this past week. It's, um, the combine is more of a, to help these people confirm what they think. If they see somebody just run, you know, the, the, this, this really, really fast combine time on the 40 yard dash, I know Kalen Barnes just had the second fastest 40 yard dash in the history of the scouting combine, you know, but what they're seeing is if you see someone who's running a four, three and you say, Hey, I saw on tape, he looked fast. That's just confirming it. You look at a tape, it's hard to see the difference between a three, a four, three and a four, five, but you can confirm it. I think that the combine is just all about a little bit of trickery uh, as far as some of the rules, you know, having a drug test there, you know, if a player fails a drug test at the combine, they're just, this goes to show they're not really thinking about what they're doing. You know, those sort of things. I think also you look at, uh, it's more of a confirmation. This player is extra strong. This player is extra fast. This player's got good footwork. Stuff like that. I don't think anyone's going to go to the combine and just make a whole bunch of money. We've seen that happen in the past. Um, but what I always think of is Mike Malua, uh, Maluga. I can't think, God, I can't think of the right name. We played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had the really, really great combine. This is 15 years ago. Shot way up the board. The Eagles took him like in the top 10, and he just busted out. So uh, I think that that's you know, kind of um, – I think those days are kind of gone. I think this is more of a – you see more at pro days now on these players than you do at the combine. It's more of a get them in the room, talk to the top guys – you know, the younger guys, confirm what you're seeing on the tape. These guys have all been playing guys who are other pros or future pros in the college ranks all these years. So you'll see. I mean, that's what really that the combine's all about. So coming up, 16th, free agency will start. We'll see where some of these guys go, these guys who don't get franchise tags, some of the big free agents that are already out there. Um, and I did think we're going to see some cuts coming soon. Um, some of the different salary cap cuts that are coming, uh, I think the Cowboys are looking at cuts for Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. I think those are most likely to happen sooner than later. Uh, Brian Bulaga from the Chargers, I think, is going to get a good cut. Look for Jarvis Landry, Kyle Rudolph uh, to also get cut. Jarvis Landry in Cleveland, Rudolph, the tight end from the, from the Giants. 
A couple of interesting ones to me, it was uh, Alejandro Villanueva, who is a tackle for the for the Ravens. Um, I think if he gets cut, he may stay in division. I could see him wearing, wearing Bengal stripes. Uh, that would be an interesting fit there. I think Frank Clark from the Chiefs is going to get cut. I don't know where his roster bonus, uh, what's guaranteed there, but I know that he's actually better salary cap hit-wise to be cut after June 1st, but I didn't see if there was a guarantee. It's something I couldn't see on over the cap. So um, that's something they'll know a little better, but I do expect that Frank Clark will be a casualty of the cap as well. Those guys all hit free agency. Uh, Cole Beasley is a rumored one right now. Buffalo has given Cole Beasley the opportunity to um, seek a trade elsewhere, and I think that it uh, looks like so far they haven't found anything. Trades can't go through right now. If there is a trade, those teams are sitting on those. So if you hear about a trade, if you hear the Chiefs are trading this person or um, the Packers are making this trade, if a Rodgers trade comes down, none of those can become official till the 16th of March. So um, I know Cole Beasley has been someone who's, uh, his people, his agents have been told, yeah, they can start seeking a trade, and they're talking to teams right now, so they have permission. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I think this next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I think we'll kind of see it week at a time. So this coming week, you know, the week is working that we're starting now here on the 7th, you know, this is going to be the franchise tag, and to see who doesn't get the tag because they'll become free agents. The following week, so we the week of the 14th, midway through that week, the 16th, at midnight, that Tuesday night, when Tuesday turns to Wednesday, we'll start seeing free agency go crazy, and we'll see what happens. There'll be a lot of guys moving around. I think in between, we may see some contract extensions. I think Aaron Donald's going to get an extension. Um you know, will uh, Derek Derek Carr, will he get an extension? Um, you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, will he get it reworked? Those kind of things can happen between uh, this coming Tuesday and the right before the free agency starts. And then it's going to be all hands on deck to see what's going on. So, I, uh, it'll be an, it, we are in interesting times for sure. Hey, thanks for being patient with me today. Thanks for we're gonna just do a short one, kind of get in and out today. Before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of things, a couple of sponsors. First off, Trunk Club by Nordstrom. If you have a, if you we're in we're in March now. Spring is kind of here here locally in Lawrence. We had spring and then we had winter again, and we'll have spring again in about another week. Uh, but go ahead, hey, go to TrunkClub.com. Check out the link in our show notes, and get $50 off your first truck. It's a great way to refresh your wardrobe, you know, try some new things. I really like it. My wife really likes it. I got some friends who are also big into it, both women and men. Get in there and try it out. There's some new stuff will be on there soon. Um, you can start your own. It's like having a personal shopper. It's going to be all online and help you out, and you don't have to, be, you know, sit in a store and try stuff on, and you like it, you don't like it. Hey, man, they send the box to you. Send the box to you. If you like it, keep it. If you don't, send it back. Stuff's good, great pricing. Uh, and it's not just the simple stuff that you would think from a Nordstrom that's going to be you know, the clearance stuff. It's nothing like that. It's actually good quality stuff. I really like it. I hope you'll give it a try. Check out the link in our show notes. Save $50 in your first trunk. And I really appreciate you giving them a try. So thank you. Uh, last sponsor, of course, is O'Connor Advisory Group. 
Hey, we're in March, and what I'm really talking to a lot of folks about here at O'Connor Advisory Group is life insurance. Are, are you protected? Do you have something that protects you in the event that you're gone? Something for your children, for your spouse. What happens to all that debt that you have? Whether it's the debt or whether it's just replacing your income and you're gone, that we can help you with that. I want you to go to oagks.com. That's O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com. A little shortcut we put in there to make it easy for you. So go in there. There's a little contact me on the right-hand side. You send a message. Whatever your financial troubles are, whether it's, hey, I got I, I, I to gotta come up with a retirement plan. I want to get started. I need some help just kind of saving money. Uh, if you're thinking about life insurance, hey, get in there, send a message. That's going to come directly to me, and I'm going to give you a call or I'm going to email you myself. Whatever you prefer, that's the way I'm going to reach out to you. So check us out, oagks.com, O'Connor Advisory Group. I'm, we're here to help you. We're here to be your partner in your life moving forward. Hey, so thanks for joining us today. I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, if you've been missing out, check out the Jones Report. He's got some really cool stuff going on, him and Tom Bridges. Tom's going to be on again here in a couple weeks, but uh, Tyler's really having some cool stuff, and he has spent the weekend at uh, Vegas Motor Speedway at the NASCAR race. So I know he's going to have some great content that they've recorded over the weekend in this week's pod. I'll be back on this week's pod with him as well. So definitely give him a chance. Uh, check out here on the Studio Soapbox Networks. So everywhere you get this podcast, you can also get his, his podcast. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. I really appreciate you guys, what you do. Uh, I appreciate all the feedback. We've been getting some great feedback, whether that's through Twitter or the emails. We've been getting a few emails. I really appreciate the feedback. Let me know what you like and dislike. I promise no more three-hour marathons. <laughs> there won't be any more of those. Ellen and I are working that out now. Uh, so we want to have that. And don't forget to rate us and review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, give us a rating. We appreciate every five-star review. If you don't think we're worth five stars, well, keep that opinion to yourself and give us a shot. And we'll make you so until Friday on the Point Five Pod, Ellen will be in, and we're going to have a great time now on that pod. Uh, have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time.